Hey guys, make sure you uh, help out the show and make sure that you fill out our super easy 10 question listener survey to make the show better. We're looking at next year, uh, really improving and making some improvements. So if you go to starwarsreport.com slash survey, you can fill it out and help us make the show better for you. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Star Wars Report newsletter available at starwarsreport.com slash mailing list. I'm filling you in on the days that we're not doing podcasts. So there's a constant stream of Star Wars Report content in your inbox or podcast feed or face. Uh, that's basically what we're doing here at the Star Wars Report Podcast. Artu, where are you? Oh, there you are. Well, if you come over here, you'll find a wonderful surprise. You'll have to plug into the central computer to hear what it is. That's right. No, it's not a phase vector. It's your Christmas present. Christmas, but not Baby Yoda. Hey guys, welcome to the Star Report podcast. <laughs> I'm your host Riley Blanton, and uh, you're probably not going to get a Baby Yoda for Christmas, or maybe not a licensed one. Uh, it's a whole thing. Welcome to the podcast. Let me bring him straight into the show. It's Mr. Stephen Kent from Beltway Banthas. Welcome, sir. Riley, hello. That's a I, I like that's a fast paced start. I'm excited now. I'm pumped actually. I'm sorry. Uh, well, we, well, should we be saying uh, bright suns or rising that's, moons to each other now? Something like something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, that's a little. It's a little much. I it's unclear to what to say uh, using Galaxy's Edge slang for the middle of the day. So you can say bright suns for good morning, or you can say rising moons, but that's kind of like an evening thing. So what do you say for like, hey, good afternoon? I don't, I don't know. What do you say when, when you're stuck in Rise of the Resistance on opening day? <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll get help. To, help. We'll get to that later in the show. But no, I'm excited to have you on, man, and for taking a second out of your day of appearing on, like, I don't know, real cable networks to come on the Star Wars Report. Um, because you're... Prob- your, your show probably has more viewers. Uh, well, it's uh, not saying a lot. Anyway, <clears throat> um, so no, you actually, uh, as you're wont to do, uh, of course, you host this awesome uh, po- podcast where the, the politics of the real world meets politics of Star Wars. And I like the way you actually approach it, where it's not a particularly partisan, but a fascinating look with different guests in, at the world of Star Wars politics, and it's a really fun. If you're if you're a political nerd like me, it's a, it's a lot of fun to listen to. But um, uh, today you have this piece out that you wrote in the Washington Examiner uh, called "A Baby Yoda Sized Disney Merchandising Scandal," and I just wanted to get your sort of take on on this whole phenomenon that Baby Yoda has become this huge internet meme. But it seems to have, has, has have caught of all people Disney with their pants down as far as merchandising goes. Um, what's going on here? Yeah, well, I'm sure you have some strong opinions on this yourself, but you know what they've told us is that they did not want to spoil the Baby Yoda character reveal by having merchandising out there on the market and getting ready for the holiday season. This does happen almost every movie and TV show cycle. Some guy in a Walmart warehouse takes a picture of the pieces that are going to go on the shelves uh-huh. uh, in the next couple of weeks, and then you end up with a spoiler, like you know, The Force Awakens. You know, if you remember, there was a a toy box that was uh, coming out before the movie uh, that showed Rey with Luke's lightsaber. Up until that point, we were only made to believe that Finn was going to be a lightsaber-wielding, possibly Force-sensitive character. Oh, yeah. And for all of us following that, that was kind of the first sign that like, oh, they've been messing with us a little bit. This happens all the time. And you have to imagine a scenario in which the folks working on The Mandalorian creatively and on the story were butting heads with maybe the Disney marketing department and going like, oh, whoa, we got to have toy sales. And they're like, no 
this will wreck the integrity of the show. And I think it honestly would have. The Baby Yoda character being shown in trailers, I think would have been a red flag to like old, jaded, and grumpy mm, fans. Yeah. And they would have been like, oh, I'm not watching this garbage. This is this is Disney at its worst. Yeah. But then when Baby Yoda just suddenly is, uh, and, and quietly revealed at the end of episode one, you kind of buy into it. And I've seen people who I would have thought been Baby Yoda haters just love this thing because they are invested in the show. Mm. So I think this strategy here of having people subscribe to Disney Plus, see the show for themselves, and become fans of Baby Yoda is paying off, but it has come at the expense of the 2019 Christmas season. That is true. Uh, but it's, a, it's, it's pretty crazy. But a giant boon to Etsy stores everywhere. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> the black the black market is booming, and uh, I just got off Fox Business, and I think one of the hosts there, Varney, was shocked to hear that there could possibly be a black market uh, for <laughs> for Baby Yoda plush. And I said, it, you know, it's a brave new world out here. Uh, but no, I mean, like Riley, you're a Star Wars historian. This is really really fascinating because we've been here before, right? Like it's the the Christmas of 1977 was oh, the great Star true. Wars toy crisis, where uh, where where uh, Ker- uh, Kennel, no, not Kennel, Kenner, Kenner yeah. Kenner boxes were being sold empty to toy stores Mm -hmm. across the country. George Lucas and the licensors at Kenner had no idea that Star Wars was going to be a success. And then when there was demand for toys, they sold empty boxes as IOUs to fans everywhere. And there's all these stories out there of kids who are now grown are like, yeah, I still have my empty box and I'll I'll, I'll always remember it. It's almost this kind of... In a way that the Mandalorian is, is story-wise in, in embracing some of that original era of Star Wars, the marketing, too, has has done that. But And here's the other thing that I think this creates. Um, by, by this, it, there's this short-term cost, um, but I'm, I'm willing to bet that Disney's not going to actually lose that much money because by virtue of the fact that Baby Yoda was a surprise, I think contributed it to becoming a meme. And meme status is what's going is what sells this merchandise. So when they finally do have, you know, the Mattel plush or the Funko Pop, uh, yeah. there's all of this pent up demand. Yeah, you can go get a seventy five dollar plush on on Etsy. That's that's a knockoff. But yeah, and when, that's that only the only the most craven fans are going to do that. Yeah, I thought about it for a second. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> you and are I, I'm not. And I'm not. I know. And I'm not even a like a big collector. But like Savannah, my fiance loves Baby Yoda and wanted to buy a Baby Yoda plush. And they weren't available. And I was like, this is exactly the case of what's happening. What what a nightmare. It's like, But at least we're not going to have a jingle all the way situation. <laughs> <laughs> Brawling in the streets over the yeah. last baby Yoda before Christmas. <laughs> it's uh, it's all really interesting. And, and the, the merchandise that Star Wars and Disney have rolled out right after Walmart uh, got out a little bit ahead of them. Honestly, it's really crummy merch. Yeah. <laughs> and that is, that is what has sort of blown my mind is not that they... Not that they weren't thinking about the holiday season, I know that they were, but that they made sort of a decision to like, oh my gosh, we've got to get some pre-orders up, uh, you know, get the earn turn on there and just slap Baby Yoda on some mugs and some hats using screen grabs from the show and not original <laughs> art. It's mostly pretty crummy merchandise, to be honest, and... They have a couple of original meme type T-shirts where they've got like an attack, protect, and snack. That's an uh, official shirt. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
they they have the attack protect snack shirt for baby yoda but they spelled it all correctly instead of the two c's like the meme so it's just kind of oh, cheesy gosh. the the merchandise itself is just kind of not good i think we're going to see the best of baby yoda merchandise not till like 2021 mm, yeah no i'm looking i'm lo- so i just literally pulled up uh, shopdisney.com and typed in baby yoda just to see and so now they've updated the top of the results are some of the better pre-order stuff so they have the funko pop available for pre-order and the mattel plush but then mm. after that you see the kind of crappy screen printed looking shirts um yeah that again i could also go get on t public right now from some yeah rando. you could you could go take a screen grab of the show yourself and go get that made yeah um so i it is i think it's in the long range it's a good thing it's press the the fact that they're Listen, somewhere in a marketing department, someone's throwing a party because unprompted with no ad spending budget or anything like that, there's all of this free press being generated about how there's no, there's so much demand for this product that they're busily making right now and how Mm -hmm. everybody wants this thing for Christmas. Um, Like you can't ask for better PR. The the last I saw from Forbes is that Mandalorian is the most popular show in the country right now, which is very hard to do in a segmented media market where everybody has subscriptions to different things and has different interests. So, Look, I mean, it's it's working. And I you know, again, when I was just on TV, the the framing of the segment was, you know, Stephen, who dropped the ball here? <laughs> and I, I had a little trouble like getting around to the answer, but the answer is nobody dropped the ball. I, I refuse to believe that Disney doesn't view the Mandalorian and everything around it as a success. Oh yeah. The the mission here is that they want subscribers for Disney Plus. That is their huge, huge, mm. huge investment. They need subscribers, and so they need the show to perform well. Yeah. Toy sales can all always be made up next year yeah exactly and and that is their number one goal and by the meme status that baby yoda has achieved has done nothing but help contribute to that primary goal of subscribers that's a really good point yeah apparently uh in an interview just the other day by the av club uh noam chomsky the philosopher was asked about baby yoda and the origin of memes and he refused to comment on it he should be ashamed (laughs) of himself like honestly what kind of philosopher doesn't have an opinion about the rise of baby yoda memes Uh, (laughs) we got more to talk about we'll be right back you're listening to the star wars report Never tell me the odds. Baby, baby. baby Yoda. Um, it's, I, I promise I made that drop long before Baby Yoda was a thing. Hey guys, this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at the Fan Dummies podcast. They air every Monday and Thursday. You can check them out. They're talking everything in the world of geekdom, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, Walking Dead, they've got episodes about all of it. Uh, Also, episodes about Supernatural, Dark Crystal, Stranger Things, if you're into that kind of thing. And they've got a series on the upcoming Picard. It's called Preparing uh, for Picard. Um, All kinds of content that's available. But, of course, you guys listening to the Star Wars Report are most interested in their content surrounding the build-up to Rise of Skywalker. They've got an episode called Preparing for Rise of Skywalker, talking all about the movies and the content that you should consume to prepare for the rise of Skywalker, let the final battle begin. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But yes, the Fan Dummies podcast, it's fandummies.com, and we do thank Fan Dummies for supporting the Star Wars Report podcast. Now, uh, so there's a new TV spot, speaking of the final battle. I'm just going to play it and uh, get our reaction here. Uh, this, I am, you know what, I am going to say it. 
we, I say we're, this is a no, no spoiler policy, only official releases, but I have seen some criticism that this might be a little bit of a plot leak of sorts or, or a direction. I will say this. It's a sort of maybe slight spoiler on the direction of the film. Nothing too specific or concrete, but it is in an official TV spot, so we're going to talk about it. So there's your mild spoiler warning. Uh, let's take a listen right They're here. dangerous, Finn. I need to go alone. We're all in this till the end. We've got friends out there. Good people will fight if we lead them. They've taken enough of us. Now we take the war to them. Let the final battle begin. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Get tickets now. I love the, uh, <laughs> there's so much percussion on all of these things. Bum, 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 bum. Um, so, some new dialogue there. That's interesting. But uh, what everybody's talking about is this one shot. Uh, it's We've seen this shot before of 3PO, Chewbacca, Finn, Poe, and Rey. They're on the grassy planet. But this version of the shot, we're seeing Rey brandish this, this freaking Sith-looking dagger. Um, and it's pretty freaking... It's, it's weird. And I don't know what to think about it. So I'm going to ask you, Stephen... <laughs> What's your reaction? <laughs> yeah, so I just saw this uh, just leading up to this segment, and my reaction is I just I don't really know what to think about it. It's such a a niche direction for Star Wars to go in to go into like Sith lore and artifacts and all of this. That kind of content has always been confined to Star Wars comics, books, and TV shows. Yeah. And as you well know, people are talking about this dagger as if it might be the dagger from the Mortis trilogy in the Clone Wars show. Mm -hmm. And honestly, to me, that just that feels correct, but it doesn't feel possible. We've never seen the Star Wars saga movies really engage with those extra Star Wars properties in such a deep way because that's just like the really in-the-weeds stuff of Star Wars. And if you have some just regular Joe and their two kids who want to go see the movie and all of a sudden the new trilogy is going off into like the dagger from Mortis, like that's kind of crazy to me. And I don't think that that could, that could happen. That just doesn't seem right. So it is like, and that's of course the speculation because just going off of the looks, there's no confirmation that this is a Sith dagger. It just looks like a Sith dagger, and it kind of looks. It's it doesn't look exactly like the Sith dagger in Mortis. Like if you look yeah, at the screenshots, it has an Clone additional Wars. piece on the handle that yeah. the the handle on the Mortis dagger does not have. Yeah. So as far as visually, there are some differences there, but largely speaking, it does the way she's kind of brandishing it and staring at it, like looking at the, what looks like some kind of runes. Uh, it is her writing. precious. I know, right? Um, but I, I, one could assume that it maybe it's a Maltese Falcon kind of deal, like it becomes a part of the lore for the or a part of their journey to discover Palpatine. I I honestly hope my initial reaction is I don't I hope that's all it is like it's a a Maltese Falcon kind of deal a a basically is a plot device quite literally that yeah. propels them to Palpatine because if you dig too much into I think again what some of the more obscure lore in Star Wars it becomes less accessible to your average fan. Yeah, and I, I also worry about the whole 
Horcrux theory, you know, oh. that there's going to be like, you know, devices and items that, you know, Palpatine has been able to sort of sustain himself off of, which again, like that does work with Sith mythology mm. and uh, ways in which the Sith experience eternal life. But, you know, Harry Potter already took that. <laughs> like Harry Potter already <laughs> yeah. beat them to the punch on a final chapter of a story, really focusing on such things. So I worry about that. Um, and honestly, oh, just makes me hope that they're going to go with the Palpatine clone route from the EU because that's at mm. least something that has some historical precedent. I don't know which one I, I, I'm more hesitant about because both of those, yeah. I don't, the, the whole clone thing to me has always been an eyebrow raiser. Um, it really depends on how they go about it. Uh, yeah, it's because, it's funny, right? Because it strikes me as very silly, and it's the kind of plot twist that I think in any show you'd be like, "Oh, that's cheap. They were cloned, so now we can get more of that character." Mm-hmm. But but you know, again, like we have to be honest, cloning is just part of Star Wars, and it's not just a part; it's a central part. It was one of the first things that gave us backstory on the prequels in the original Star Wars in '77. Yeah. You fought in the Clone Wars. Like this has always been here, and so the idea that Palpatine would not clone himself a meat bag to take over in case of his death (laughs) is actually a little far-fetched palpatine of course would do this he has cloning technology at his fingertips Mm, yeah no it'll be interesting is it a like horcrux or MacGuffin? there's a there's a lot there's some options here but then i don't know now i'm thinking about the the darth vader helmet they're destroying and the throne room that they're going to and like all these things that could be devices that have the the essence of palpatine the, the the latest scent coming from L'Oreal, the essence. Of anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I did. You, we talked right briefly before the show. Listening back, I do think that is. We've heard it in a couple TV spots now. That let the final battle begin. I think that is Palpatine. I I I don't know about that. I, I'm going to disagree. Well, okay, so. I disagree that I think it sounds like Palpatine. Uh, it, it just doesn't sound to me at all like Chancellor Palpatine, Ian McDiarmid, or Palpatine. But who else would say that? Yeah. And who else, you know, would have sort of that croaky voice? So it kind of, I guess, it has to be by process of elimination. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, Star Wars is not the gladiator, and I really hope that that line is just being used for the teasers trailers to kind of amp up the conflict. Oh. It's a really dumb piece of dialogue, and <laughs> I would really hope that it is not said on screen. Let the final, like a monster truck rally. Let the final battle Let begin. The... Like, okay, how about no? <laughs> Let it begin. Let it begin. Um, I don't know. I'd find it kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. Maybe he's just lording over that the crash Death Star with the sea churning in the background, and and that's the the arena that they have there, gladiator combat trial. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll uh, we'll be tracking more of these TV spots as they come out um, throughout the coming week and a half, two weeks. Good lord, two weeks until this movie comes out. That's Ooh. ridiculous. Um, so Rise of Resistance, we were talking about it on the Wednesday show with Thomas Harper. All They had their big press day, and um, shock and shock and amazement, all of the, the Disney and Star Wars uh, media loved it. But, of course, they did. It's Rise of Resistance. Are we surprised? No. Uh, but, I want to know where my invite was at this. How do I get on my, these press I, releases? I heard <laughs> mine, got, I got, mine got lost in the mail, I'm sure. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> no, uh, but... The, there was some mainstream press that are typically more, what's the word, what's the word, what's the word, Skeptics. objective, 
objective. Yeah, skeptical, the, right? Yeah. And that's that's kind of the thing. Like, I've always been really skeptical of the hype machine that Star Wars always generates with journalists. It just like, I don't know, it feels like they have people in their pocket who are just there to do press releases for them in newspapers. Yeah. No, listen, and it's, uh, it's, been, it's all very, very odd to me. As a person who's been in and amongst the, the as it has been deemed, access media, and as a person who has been guilty, I have, listen, I went to Hollywood to Denny's stupid um, solo event. They they paid for my plane ticket, and I went out and ate pancakes at the the Chinese theater on Hollywood Boulevard. And I, I covered. Will, I will be a hack too for free pancakes. I listen. I'm guilty. I as a as, <laughs> as one of those shills. I recognize it. However, some of the mainstream press was actually fairly complimentary too. Maybe that it's not as much. There aren't as many of the the thrill danger aspects when compared to some oh, of the oh, complimentary. You mean like critical? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Critical. But um the. They were, but they were like, like even CNN and some had, had some, were pretty impressed by the immersion aspects of the ride. Yeah. 20, um, 20 minute ride with know, three, geez. four different acts. It's, it's really crazy. I was blown away and I did not know that this ride was going to be at this scale and be this long. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just had no idea that this was the massive nature of rise of the resistance. So I was just at galaxy's edge last week. I don't ever foresee that I'm going to have the budget to get down there again for like another two years, but, uh, maybe I will. <laughs> and so I can't. <laughs> wait to go back yeah yeah no i it, it is um it is open today they did have as we kind of we were cracking some jokes at the beginning um they they've had some trouble some downtime uh and actually had to evacuate the ride this morning right when it opened uh, as we're recording this uh but it's fairly common to experience that kind of thing um yeah of course. <laughs> so but it is kind of funny yeah uh, it is funny it, it's one of those things where i think like opportunistic uh journalists or critics will always be like haha see there are problems but they're just they're all always problems just like there are always reshoots yeah exactly well and and as uh i have a piece in the motley fool which i love the way they cover a lot of this stuff because speaking of like more objective cover i always like the way they kind of cover the theme park industry and entertainment industry because they really do kind of crunch the marketing and the numbers side of things and what disney did so successfully is they were having trouble in the days leading up to the ride opening there had been some early reports of closures and additional maintenance as they were trying to as they were doing the press events and trying to be ready for, you know, for daylight, for opening day for the normies. Um, and as that happened, the, you'll notice yesterday they bombarded outlets with a bunch of updates on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. They incorporated the news on the Ratatouille ride and Galactic Star Cruiser. They made it all part of the media event. So there's a lot more to talk about than just the ride. So hopefully that kind of blankets maybe some of the poor press that they got this morning from some of the troubles but it seems like it's up and running and 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 they're and they're doing it so you know good for them (laughs) good Um, for them indeed are you going to the are you going to shell out a grand or two grand or whatever freaking price it is for this galactic star cruiser Uh, I will if the if you get treated again to like the experiences at Galaxy's Edge, uh, if that's part of it. It is my under- actually. My, yeah, my understanding is they take you on a shuttle into Batu for a couple of hours, kind of like when your cruise ship, you know, docks mm. and you get to go like yes. go play on the beach or whatever. Um, if if you get to do that and then you kind of get whisked into the rise of the resistance, then that's definitely something I would be interested in. Oh. But you know, again, for me, I I just. I love the 
really, really bland experiences of Star Wars theme parks, and I, and this this one in particular. Like, I got a real kick out of the cantina and playing cards with a guy on the street at Galaxy's Edge. That, for me, was the really, really big moment, not the Millennium Falcon ride. It's just a ride, and I've been on a lot of rides before. So oh. things that things that make me feel like I'm living Star Wars, role-playing, that's what I love. Yeah. So I think, I think the hotel might be exactly that kind of experience for me. I think it, I I'm in, I'm very intrigued as they're really marketing this as a as a land based cruise essentially all yeah. the terminology they talk which I love um, so we'll see we'll uh, we try it opens the the news is that it's officially opening in 2021 uh, they released a concept art of what a Disney bus will look like when it's been outfitted to look like a galactic transport it's kind of funny oh yeah <laughs> yeah and and I think they kind of had the concept with uh, what that's going to be like in this Rise of Skywalker ride you're initially boarded onto a troop shuttle. Uh, for you know this uh, this rebel starfighter rebel spaceship and then you're sort of feeling like you're taking off and flying into space and i think that's exactly what they're going to do with the shuttle that takes you into the, the oh, star wars hotel experience okay see now i'm into this i'm into this we'll see yeah well uh, I, what I, if i write correctly like what i understand is that you will arrive at disney and be shuttled in a, something that makes you feel like you're taking off into space you'll dock at the hotel and you won't ever see the outside world once you get out of your car Listen, total immersion is what they've always promised with Galaxy's Edge, and where that's come up short is where we've talked about on the show, but where some of that, you know, the biggest potential for that seems to be what they're going to be doing at this galactic star cruiser. So we'll be talking about it much more in the coming weeks. And warm your little wives, spreading Christmas cheer, we it is that time of year. It's Miko's Star Wars album. It's, it's just what we're doing. Hey, and uh, shout out to our second sponsor today. Um, uh, it's Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash Star Wars Report. You can get yourself a free Star Wars audiobook of your choice. You can go to the old Expanded Universe, go to some of the newer books that have been coming out more recently. Um, Resistance Reborn is the latest and greatest from the world of Star Wars publishing, and it's available to you for free. All you got to do is head over to audibletrial.com slash Star Wars Report. You get yourself a free audiobook and two Audible originals each month. Um, that you stay subscribed. So uh, check it out, audibletrial.com slash Star Wars Report. Now, we do have uh, one quick email. Oh, and by the way, guys, uh, we've had a lot of you jumping in on the Patreon and on our newsletter and, and even responding to the newsletter and emailing the show. I love all the interaction. So keep it coming, uh, starwarsreport at gmail.com. And we got this email uh, from Wes who said, I have a juicy detail from Master and Apprentice, a great book, BT Dubs. Um, in the course of going through Qui-Gon and Dooku's interest in the Jedi prophecies, they drop a real big one. Here it is, quote, He who learns to conquer death will, through his greatest student, live again. Uh, what does this mean? I personally think it means, without a shadow of a doubt, that we will see, and here it is, Stephen, Anakin as a Force ghost, or at least... Um, very close, or very very close to it. Um, it's it's could, super. Big. Can you say that prophecy one more time? Oh yeah, yeah. He who he who learns to conquer death will, through his greatest student, live again. Mm-hmm. Uh, begs mm-hmm. the, does Darth Vader and Palpatine did they discover immortality? Um, is the Anakin Force ghost that I, I've heard rumored many times and people talking about it, speculating about? Um, is that you think a real possibility? Um, based, I mean, it's technically canon. It's Master and Apprentice. I know yeah, you, we, yeah. we were talking about how 
there's still this sort of division between the books, comics versus uh, movies, but maybe they're bringing up Sith daggers and Anakin force ghosts. Who knows? Yeah. I think they're about to go into the mythology and really deep stuff of star Wars that really the only deep nerd fans have traditionally been involved with. I think they're going to go there. I definitely have my money on Hayden Christensen or Anakin in some form mm. appearing in this movie. Cause my God, Kylo Ren is wrecking the galaxy in his name and Anakin has the ability to appear. We saw it in return of the Jedi. So surely he's going to step up and try to clear the record or say something. Mm. Um, and I, I definitely do think the tragedy of Darth Plagueis is going to be the overarching theme of the Star Wars story, and it's going to finally come home in this one. Yeah, I think it is. There is this more depth of mythology that we're seeing. Oh, at least, at, like this, this, the dagger is the perfect example of it um, that we're seeing now in in Star Wars. So, I think it's a good possibility. I don't know how overt it would be, but I would be surprised if there weren't a substantial reference to Anakin Skywalker's legacy. Um, I mean, they're still running around with the lightsaber, so we'll see. Um, and thanks for your email, Wes. And thanks. Uh, you can also email us, starwarsreport at gmail.com and join in. But that is going to wrap up yet another episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Come on, everyone, and see. Anthony Daniels to do a live Christmas special on Disney Plus <laughs> because of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Stephen Kent, tell everybody where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Beltway Banthas. You can subscribe to the show on any podcatcher that you're using and find me personally at Stephen underscore Kent 89. That's Stephen with a PH underscore Kent 89 on the Twitter. Look forward to connecting with you. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have a link to that in the show notes for the podcast. You can just uh, right there in the podcast app, look at our notes and uh, catch all the links of everything we've talked about. And uh, that's also why you're there, especially if you're using Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you uh, leave us a rating and review. That helps get the word out about the show. We do appreciate that. Uh, Make sure that you are subscribed to our mailing list, doing ongoing commentary on our non-podcast days, on our Tuesdays and Thursdays, sending out a newsletter uh, as we continue daily content coming from the Star Wars Report. And that's a great way to stay in touch with us, uh, sending out links to all the latest episodes. Funny gifts, that sort of thing. There's probably going to be a, some ga- Baby Yoda gifts. I'm not going to lie. StarWarsReport.com slash mailing list. Uh, big shout out and thank you again to all of our supporters over at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Report. That's where you get our exclusive Rogue Transmissions bonus podcasts. Uh, we encourage you to check that out. I did a whole uh, episode breaking down Rise of the Resistance as it's opening. Uh, a little bit about the journey to what's essentially the completion of Galaxy's Edge. And so that's available exclusively at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. You can follow me on Twitter as as well. It's just at the Riley Guy, R-I-L-E-Y. And you can follow the Star Wars Report just at Star Wars Report or facebook.com slash Star Wars Report. Until next time, may the Force be with you. And Merry Christmas from C-3PO. Christmas in the stars, out among the stars. the show what is that that my silly friend is the sound of bells 
and scene. Appreciate it, sir. As yeah, always. Yeah, of course. It was fun.